Wisconsin Watch is pleased to present audio versions of our investigative reports. Wisconsin Watch is a nonpartisan and nonprofit news outlet that investigates government accountability and quality of life issues. Today, Bennett Goldstein of Wisconsin Watch joined a fishing excursion in Lake Superior while reporting on the central role of fishing to the Red Cliff Band of Lake Superior, Chippewa, and other Ojibwe communities in the Upper Midwest. States spent a century disregarding or rejecting treaty rights, fining or arresting tribal citizens who exercised them, Goldstein reports. A series of court rulings starting in 1971 would affirm their reserved rights within territory ceded to the United States, including the right to fish on Lake Superior. But pollution in the Great Lakes, including hazardous PFAS chemicals, encroaches on how Ojibwe communities exercise their treaty rights, scholars and environmental advocates told Goldstein. Tribes aim to fill regulatory vacuums through their own regulation and input they share on cross-governmental committees. They may get support from a U.S. Environmental Protection Agency proposal that elevates consideration of treaty rights when states set water quality regulations. Full-text reports of these investigations with visuals can be found at wisconsinwatch.org. If you enjoy our stories, please consider making a donation at wisconsinwatch.org forward slash donate. Great Lakes pollution threatens Ojibwe treaty rights to fish. Original reporting by Bennett Goldstein. Narration provided by Wesley Letham. The ensnared fish seemed to materialize from the opaque water. Thrashing, wriggling, they rose enfolded by mesh. The lift reeled in the gillnet into the arms of a waiting crew, who hoisted it atop a table. Lake herring flopped weakly as the men gripped and untangled them from rope and nylon fiber. Iridescent scales popped into the air like confetti. Quote, when the floor is shiny with scales, we know we are making money, said commercial fisherman Donnie Livingston, grinning widely. Shortly before dawn, the fish tug, Ava June, pulled out from Duffy's Dock on the tip of northern Wisconsin's Bayfield Peninsula. The vessel churned through Lake Superior's chilly waters for two and a half hours. Waves slapped the boat after it left the shelter of the Apostle Islands near the main shipping channel. Snow drifted from the cloud-choked November sky. The fishermen finally reached the nets they had set the previous day. Livingston is a citizen of the Red Cliff Band of Lake Superior Chippewa, one of six federally recognized Ojibwe tribes in Wisconsin. His family has fished for generations and holds one of the original licenses issued to Red Cliff tribal citizens. But Livingston's access to Lake Superior fish was never a foregone conclusion. Ojibwe, Ottawa, and Potawatomi communities, who also call themselves Anishinaabe, have fished in the Great Lakes for centuries. But in the mid-1800s, the federal government 
desiring to open the Wisconsin Territory to lumbering and mining, forcibly acquired Ojibwe lands and waters through a succession of treaties. The bands retained hunting, gathering, and fishing rights across what's now called the Ceded Territory, portions of three Great Lakes and millions of acres stretching across northwestern Michigan and its upper peninsula, northern Wisconsin, and northeastern Minnesota. The final treaty established reservations for four of the Wisconsin Ojibwe tribes. States spent a century disregarding or rejecting treaty rights, fining or arresting tribal citizens who exercised them. After several citizens sued, a series of court rulings starting in 1971 would affirm their reserved rights within the ceded territory, including the right to fish on Lake Superior. But many see toxic pollution in the Great Lakes as a continued encroachment on how Ojibwe communities exercise those rights. Alongside mercury, a neurotoxin that can harm the brains and nervous systems of developing fetuses, and carcinogenic polychlorinated biphenyls, PCBs, are the latest contaminants of concern, per and polyfluoroalkyl substances, or PFAS. The quote-unquote forever chemicals are a class of more than 12,000 compounds that accumulate in the environment and human bodies. Scientists link two of the most widely researched, PFOA and PFOS, to a range of health problems, including cancer. The failure of state and federal governments to keep contaminants out of the environment, scholars and environmental advocates say, calls into question their commitment to fully protect indigenous rights. Quote, it's a modern way of denying access and destroying foodways, said Katerina Phillips, an associate professor of history at McAllister College and a Redcliffe citizen. Quote, it's through chemicals and pollutants instead of treaties and court cases. Tribes aim to fill regulatory vacuums through their own natural resources department projects, input on cross-government management committees, and litigation. Now, those efforts may get support from a U.S. Environmental Protection Agency proposal that elevates consideration of treaty rights when states set water quality regulations. Livingston, 42, supposes he is one of the youngest commercial fishers in Redcliffe. The work is grueling. Profit margins narrow. Crew, tough to find. When he's not out fishing, Livingston stays busy mending nets. Quote, it ain't a nine-to-five, he said during the November fishing trip. I'll tell you that. Livingston tried other careers but always returned to fishing, saying, quote, it's something I know how to do. It's something I can depend on. Livingston and his three-member crew worked a nearly 12-hour shift on Lake Superior, or Anishinaabe Gichigamai in the Ojibwe language. The Red Cliff Reservation flanks the lake's southern coastline, marked by blazing sandstone cliffs, wetland sloughs, and rivers. Coyotes and bobcats roam its 15,000-plus acres. White-tailed deer bound through rolling forests, dense with conifers and hardwoods. 
Bald eagles soar overhead and ospreys dive to prey on fish. These relatives, the plants and animals, the land and water, sustain Ojibwe communities. As Chief Flatmouth of the Pillager Band from Leech Lake in Minnesota articulated in 1837 when negotiating one of the treaties, he questioned the fairness of the federal government's proposed compensation for taking control of Ojibwe territory, saying, quote, You know that without the lands and the rivers and lakes we could not live. We hunt and make sugar and dig up roots from the former, while we fish and obtain rice and drink from the latter, the chief told government officials. Gigon, or fish, are important for subsistence, culture, and business. But climate change threatens many species and contaminants long released into the Great Lakes, the health of people who eat them. Quote, The community getting impacted by something in the environment. That's something that has been happening to us from day one of European onset, said Edith Lioso retired tribal historic preservation officer with the Bad River Band of Lake Superior Chippewa. Livingston and his business partner, Brian Bainbridge, grew up in and around Redcliffe. More than 7,600 people are living tribal citizens, about 16% of whom live on the reservation. A few hundred reside just three miles south in Bayfield, a destination for lake-loving tourists. The tribe is the largest employer in the country, providing jobs to about 300 people, many in tribal administration and the legendary Waters Resort and Casino. But at its heart, Redcliffe is a fishing community. Quote, That's what everybody's family has done around here, said Bainbridge, 45, a former Redcliffe tribal chairman. Quote, I grew up on fish. Bluegills, perch, suckers. A fish every day, whatever they caught. Livingston and Bainbridge teamed up about a decade ago shortly before Bainbridge acquired the tug from an old fisherman in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Constructed in the mid-1940s by the Burger Boat Company in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, the diesel-powered boat measures nearly 50 feet from bow to stern. Bainbridge christened it the Ava June. Quote, My niece had a little baby that died just before I got the boat, Bainbridge said. Quote, so when I got back here, we named it. In their day-to-day -day business operations, Bainbridge handles the duo's paperwork. Livingston does most of the captaining. Quote, he can catch fish like no one else, Bainbridge said. With Sirius XM radio blasting during the November fishing run, the crew worked quietly, tossing freshly caught fish into stacked plastic boxes. They laughed whenever one checked a herring at the other. That day, they sold their catch to the Redcliffe Fish Company, a tribally owned fish processor and seller, but they also distribute fish to markets as far away as New York City. After decades of overfishing from the late 1800s through the 1930s, and the introduction of invasive species, Lake Superior's fish populations have rebounded enough to sustain a consumer market. Among tribally licensed commercial fishermen, 
whitefish, salmon, lake trout, trout, and lake herring constitute the bulk of the catch. The combined commercial fish harvest of 11 Ojibwe nations that are members of the Great Lakes Indian Fish and Wildlife Commission, an intertribal natural resource management organization that helps oversee the implementation of off-reservation treaty rights, annually exceeds 2 million pounds. For much of the 20th century, manufacturing plants generated mercury and PCB-containing wastes and dumped them directly into the Great Lakes or its watershed. Power plants and incinerators also spewed air pollution that tainted waters, and they continue to do so. Their concentrations have declined significantly in the Great Lakes waters since the 1970s due to efforts of the United States and Canadian governments, states, and industry to reduce toxic emissions. Yet lingering mercury and PCBs bioaccumulate in animals at levels high enough to warrant fish consumption advisories. PFAS are also drawing greater scrutiny as their harms come into focus. In 2021, the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources issued Lake Superior's first PFOS advisory, advising and warning against eating too many smelt. PFAS, which are added to products ranging from fabric stain protectors to firefighting foam to food packaging, enter water bodies through wastewater, airport, and fire training runoff, and the atmosphere. Quote, You find these chemicals everywhere, said Christy Remukel, an associate professor of civil engineering at the University of Wisconsin-Madison who studies PFAS contamination in the Great Lakes. Quote, I don't think we're ever not measured them in a water sample. Researchers have yet to develop effective methods for destroying PFAS at scale, and Lake Superior's gargantuan proportions would make doing so impossible. Compared to other Great Lakes, the concentration of PFAS in Lake Superior water is lower due to less development within its watershed but virtually no amount of PFOA and PFOS is safe for human consumption, according to the EPA, which in 2022 updated draft health advisories for the two chemicals. A recent study from Duke University and environmental working group researchers found large concentrations of PFOS in freshwater fish sampled nationwide, by the EPA from 2013 to 2015, with the highest levels found in the Great Lakes. If all consumption advisories incorporated the EPA's latest health guidance, the study found nearly all sampled fish would be, quote, considered unsafe to eat. The impacts of such pollution and climate change create, quote, an elevated level of environmental anxiety in Ojibwe communities, said Dylan Bishishkeens Jennings, Associate Director of Northland College's Sergund Olson Environmental Institute and a former Bad River Tribal Council member. Quote, once these things go away, they don't come back, Jennings said. Quote, it's about our life. Leoso, the former Bad River Tribal Historic Preservation Officer, 
grew up on the reservation in her grandparents' house near the Kakagon River. Her grandmother grew angry when children threw things into the water to watch them wander with a sight. She told them never to spit into the river. Quote, It was putting the thought into my mind, Should I spit in the river? Leoso said. Quote, Would I like to be spit on? One day, Leoso's grandmother decided to teach the young girl to pray for the water by placing tobacco into it. Leoso, then about eight years old, had been raised Catholic. Quote, Don't do anything disrespectful on this water or to this water, her grandmother told her. Quote, because it'll take care of you, and everything you need is here. Indigenous origin stories, histories, languages, and cultures are embedded in the land, said Phillips, the historian. Quote, For Ojibwe people in northern Wisconsin, Lake Superior, and the northern part of Wisconsin with Red Cliff and Bad River, these places define who we are, she said. The Anishinaabe migration story, which recounts the journey from the East Coast to the Great Lakes, is just as much about place as it is people, and those places and the beings living there are considered precious. While biblical cosmology frames mankind as, quote, masters over the fish in the ocean, the birds that fly, the livestock, everything that crawls on the earth and over the earth itself, Ojibwe communities invert that pyramid said Mike Wiggins, Jr., Bad River Tribal Chairman, quote, Human beings, we as people, are the most pitiful, he told listeners during Wisconsin Historical Society storytelling event. Quote, Without Mother Nature, we go away. Without human beings, Mother Nature thrives. And so, there's some humility to that. In accordance with their Bima Dizwin, or traditional life way, Ojibwe people harvest from nature, things like wild rice, deer, maple sap, and fish, as an act of stewardship. If they do not, the Creator will cease to provide those beings. When the land and water are contaminated, future generations lose knowledge and stories centered on fishing and other harvesting. Family, kinship, oral history, ceremony, community cohesion, food security, and self-determination suffer. Quote, Everything that makes us Native, said Patty Lowe, director of the Center for Native American and Indigenous Research at Northwestern University and a Bad River citizen. Quote, If the health of the fish or the wild rice is compromised, she said, quote, then treaty rights are meaningless. United States and Canadian governments have achieved some successes in improving the health of the Great Lakes and its fish since 1972. That's when the countries signed the Great Lakes Water Quality Agreement, which aims to coordinate Canadian and United States lake restoration efforts. Yet, neither country is required to abide by the agreement, which is periodically updated and the International Joint Commission formed by the Binational Boundary Waters Treaty in 1909 issues recommendations to both parties but lacks authority to compel action. 
the non-regulatory Great Lakes Restoration Initiative, supports the agreement through funding and goal setting. Key aims include restoring some of the most polluted, quote, areas of concern along the lakes. In a 2022 progress report, the EPA and its Canadian counterpart praised, quote, unprecedented progress towards that goal. The countries have so far delisted nine of 43 sites. However, both countries have failed to meet a 1990 International Joint Commission challenge to eliminate the release of nine toxic pollutants into the Lake Superior Basin. The lack of a final deadline or requirement that the countries launch new initiatives stymied the effort, scholars say. In 1999, the program selected 2020 as the year to achieve, quote, virtual elimination of the pollutants. Neither country has banned toxic discharges, enabling them to continue. In their 2022 assessment, the countries rated the status of toxic chemicals in Lake Superior's fish as, quote, fair and unchanging, not yet safe to consume without restrictions. The 20th century court rulings in Wisconsin that affirmed treaty rights addressed whether, where, and how Ojibwe tribes could exercise them and the regulations deemed necessary to ensure the supply of natural resources would be maintained. But courts did not consider the quality of plant and animal habitats. Quote, It's a legally gray area. How far the tribes can dictate what a state or federal government might have to do or not do in order to preserve the treaty rights said Anne McCammon Soltis, director of the Division of Intergovernmental Affairs at the Great Lakes Indian Fish and Wildlife Commission. But the GLIFWC's member tribes believe states should preserve the integrity of natural resources, she said. A recent EPA proposal could address some of those concerns. The draft rule would require states to account for treaty rights, such as fishing and wild rice gathering, when adopting water quality standards under the Clean Water Act. That law forces states, territories, and some tribal governments to improve the quality of water bodies within their borders when they cannot safely be utilized for designated purposes, such as drinking or recreation. States would also need to preserve full use of any resources guaranteed under the treaties on and off reservations. The EPA is accepting public comment on the draft rule until March 6th. Wisconsin DNR officials said the agency already consults with affected tribes and considers their uses of a water body when it sets water quality standards. Tribes also may submit comments when states review their standards every three years. But, quote, the states hadn't really had to respond in any way when the tribe presents a request, Soltis said. Quote, this indicates that the EPA is going to be a bit more willing to take what the tribes say seriously in that context and ensure that the state is responding. Absent stronger state and federal action, Ojibwe communities have forged strategies to protect water, fisheries, and lifeways, now and for the next seven generations. Quote, Our reservation is booming and our people, more and more people, are coming home, Bainbridge said of Redcliffe. Quote, 
we want to make sure that we maintain the integrity of what we've been allowed to harvest and what's been provided for us. To that end, Red Cliff's Treaty Natural Resources Division oversees the protection and enhancement of natural resources within the reservation boundaries and the band's ceded territory. That includes stream and riverbank restoration, water and air quality monitoring, hazardous waste disposal, and wild rice reseeding. An environmental justice specialist monitors outside projects including mines, pipelines, and concentrated animal feeding operations that could affect treaty rights. The tribe bolsters food sovereignty through its Red Cliff Fish Company, which opened in 2020, and 35-acre Minobima Diziwin Gitiganin Return to the Good Life Farm. Red Cliff Tribal Fish Hatchery staff raise brook trout in hopes of restoring populations to past levels in Lake Superior. They also rear walleye in ponds to increase populations in inland lakes. Practicing treaty rights might be viewed as a political act in a country with a long history of challenging them. Quote, Having to fight for access to food is kind of mind-boggling in a sense, Phillips said. Quote, Advocating for the right to feed your people is somehow seen as resistance or activism. Original reporting for this story by Wisconsin Watch reporter Bennett Goldstein. Narration provided by Wesley Letham and music by Claire DeRosa. If you enjoy our stories, please consider making a donation to support our journalism at wisconsinwatch.org forward slash donate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.